And then there's that imaginative sense of us having control, which is really what happens, right? Like control is an illusion, right? We think we have control and to me, it's not, it's just part of your journey. Welcome to What's Her Story, the podcast for ambitious women who are ready to use their story as a catalyst for change. I'm your host, Erica Akingwe, bestselling author, content strategist, and author coach to high achieving globally minded women. I started this podcast because honestly, I'm nosy. Every time I see a woman shining, living aligned and abundant in life and business, I wonder, ooh, what's her story? I know this, women who believe in themselves and their story are better equipped to help others transform. So if you're ready to connect over honest conversations and be inspired by other impact-driven women, you're in the right place. Sit back, relax, and welcome to the What's Your Story podcast. Welcome back to the What's Your Story podcast, where we own our voice, seek purpose over perfection, and use our story as a catalyst for change. I'm so glad you are back to spend this time with me and my guests. I know time is such a valuable resource and I just want to say thank you for spending your time with me. Maybe you're out on a walk, maybe you're in the car with kids or without kids, or you're starting your morning or ending your day. I just want to say I appreciate this time and my goal and vision is to always add value to you. So I've been really enjoying hearing from so many of you, the value that you're gleaning, nuggets, little sparks, whatever has caused you to either stop and think or to take action. I'm just really grateful that I can be part of this journey with you. So as we end this month of May, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And it's also the month that houses Mother's Day. So the last couple episodes, the last couple conversations have been around motherhood and how we navigate reinvention. I hope that you've heard the variety. Obviously, it's not a (laughs) cookie cutter role. And it's also not the entirety of our identities if we are mothers or caretakers. So Today, I am really excited to bring to you Mailing Angelastro to talk about falling in love with the journey of motherhood and mental health, that crossroad between two such important topics in our lives and just recognizing that we have a tendency to look for a destination, an end goal, a season. Oh, I can't wait till they're sleeping through the night. Oh, I can't wait till I figure out why I am feeling the way I am or this grieving process. We're so quick to jump to a final destination. And the fact is that there is no final destination when it comes to motherhood or mental health. It is a journey and it's so much more enjoyable when we can sink into that mindset of the journey and who we get to become along the way instead of always yearning for that quote-unquote final destination. I know you're going to love this conversation with Mei Ling. Mei Ling is a skilled, compassionate, empathetic, bilingual, Spanish and English, 
and solutions-oriented licensed mental health counselor dedicated to maximizing an individual's potential. Using her expertise in behavioral and positive psychology, she coaches and counsels individuals on the practical ways to achieve and maintain transformation, expansion, and consistent growth. May is an effective motivator and communicator with an inherent ability to manage all types of personalities, diffuse stressful situations, and proactively resolve issues. May is known for her innate ability to establish rapport quickly, build trust, and relate to individuals on all levels. When May isn't changing lives, you can find her enjoying life as a wife and mother of two young children in Florida. She loves roses, friendship, family, and laughter. Lots and lots of laughter. We have the best conversation. We dive really deep into control as an illusion and also control as an empowering realization when we can recognize what we have within our control, in our reactions, in our growth, in our mental health. I know you're gonna get a lot from this. I don't wanna spoil it. So I'm just gonna introduce you to my conversation with Mei-Ling Angelastro. Welcome to the What's Your Story podcast, Mei-Ling. Hi, thank you for having me. I am super excited for our conversation. I've already introduced the listeners to you, read your bio, but I would love to give you an opportunity in your own words to introduce yourself. Who is Mayling? Well, as you already said, my name is Mayling Angelastro, and I am a licensed mental health counselor, a mom, a wife, a daughter, <laughs> and I also am an entrepreneur. So I own my own private practice in Central Florida. Amazing. Yes. So many beautiful interconnections. I love that this episode is about falling in love with the journey of both motherhood and mental health. And it's Mm -hmm. important in your work and in your life. And so I would love to dig in. I think let's pick on the entrepreneurial part first, because it's kind of that crossroads of everything. So you own your own private practice and you're opening another location soon, correct? That is correct. Actually, that new location just opened officially on May 15th. Oh my gosh. I uh, I know it was super exciting. Thank you. That was a journey on its own. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have the headquarters, the main practice, which is in Orlando. Um, And I have, we are about five clinicians in this office. And then the Palm Beach office is, as of right now, it's one clinician that we have over there. And I've been doing this for to say like about just with my own prior practice I want to say about four years oh wow Mm -hmm. amazing when you became a licensed mental health counselor did you go right into opening your own or were you under another umbrella somewhere so interesting enough in the state of Florida right you graduate and then you need a professional license for two years minimum in order for you to become licensed. So while I was a registered mental health counselor, I did work at a group private practice here in Orlando, and I was in different locations throughout Central Florida. So I did that, then I became licensed, 
And shortly, I will say like about a year after I became licensed, then I just decided to branch out and have my own private practice. Amazing. As you probably know, like I love having women on here that are like shining, that are strong, that are showing up in big ways. And being an entrepreneur is in itself like quite a journey. It's a way to really, it really stretches a person for sure. And one of the things I'm curious about when it comes to obstacles, I like to look at them in, in different layers. So there's an external obstacle, right? There's, and I think a lot of people go to that pretty quickly pointing out, oh, this person is not supporting me, or I have to run, jump through all the hoops of opening a, you know, a location, mm-hmm. all these external things. So that mm-hmm. definitely plays a factor, but then there's internal obstacles also the, that we overcome the self-talk, the prior experiences, the subconscious that likes to run the show, even when we think we're in control. Mm -hmm. And so there's the external, the internal, and then I don't know, like the philosophical or existential, like, does what I do actually matter? Does any of this (laughs) make a difference? Is all this work going to be worth it? So I'm curious from your own journey and also as you work with clients, like what were some of those internal and external obstacles that you were able to overcome or are continuing to overcome? What are the, those biggest hurdles? So it's so interesting that you asked me this question right at this moment because it is very fresh in my mind about um, obstacles. And I would tell you what has come up for me. So I always struggle with self-doubt, right? And I always doubt myself and that negative self-talk and your thought pattern of saying, oh, well, do you have what it takes? Is it going to be okay? And then there's that imaginative sense of, us having control, which is really what happens, right? Like all of that is like control is an illusion, right? Like we think we have control. And to me, it's not, it's just part of your journey. But my thoughts tells me otherwise. So how this comes up for me, it's in a in a form of my self-doubt turns into imposter syndrome. Hmm. And what happens is that because I don't allow my self-doubt that is basically fear-based, right? Mm -hmm. Because I don't act upon fear, then my actions don't align with my thoughts at that moment. So my self-doubt and my fear-based thoughts do not align with my actions, meaning I go, I move forward and I put the best foot forward and I just go up and I do what I need to do. I know what I need to do. And I somehow do believe and sense that I'm going to be okay. But then what happens is that because I'm not aligned, I feel that I'm being fake. And then I feel like, then I fear or that somebody's going to look at me as a fraud or that it, or that this is not it because my actions do not support my thoughts. And my thought is Mm. doubting myself. It's self-doubt. And since I do not allow myself to operate fear on fear, that's when I, you know, the consequence my internal struggle will be imposter syndrome. And then so knowing that it's what allows me to understand 
is why I always say you must fall in love with the journey, right? Because if you focus on the outcome, and this is true for me, if you focus on the outcome, then you this dilemma that I'm you know talking about referring to, it becomes bigger and it becomes it frees you. It could show up in so many ways. I would not do anything. I would not be a mom. I would not get married. I would not open my own business. I would not help others. I would not do anything. It would be crippling for me. So what I do is that I just take it as a journey, right? And I think of it as a more of a growth mindset. And I'm like, okay, this obstacle and this challenge and what my thoughts are is not aligned with my action. Hence why I'm feeling the imposter syndrome, which is just a natural consequence or a natural cause of my journey. I'm learning something with it. And what is that lesson that I'm learning? And I I may learn something from it. I may get it wrong. I may react in, in an unhealthy way, or I may react in a healthy way. Regardless of what it brings, I use it as a tool to learn. I will learn something from it, no matter how hard or how easy it is. I mean, I literally have had chills since you've been talking. (laughs) That cognitive dissonance when you're saying like, okay, I hear the fear and Mm -hmm. my actions are like, we are still moving forward. Let's walk and Mm -hmm. see where this path goes. What got you to that place where you've just decided, like you've said a couple of times, I just don't act in fear. I choose to take action because that seems to be a muscle that needs to be developed. What got you to that place of the mindset of let's enjoy the journey? Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking personally, Mm -hmm. perfectionism and overthinking, I have a bias towards that. And it takes a lot of intention to say, I'm just going to try it and maybe it won't work and that's okay. But that takes Mm -hmm. so much self-awareness and such a pep talk. What are some things for anyone that's listening and being like, yeah, I want to improve this muscle of, I don't act out of fear. Honestly, I think that you said it and it's self-awareness. I really think that we spend so much time researching on, on things and researching human behavior and researching what certain things means or what you know what illness is this and what is that but we don't spend that much time studying ourselves like me who is may you know what i mean and and it's not it's more than my name it's more than you know me being who i'm married to who i'm the mother of who is my parent i'm more than everything i'm all of it right mm-hmm. and there's so many tools out there like i mean we would be here for hours if we go yeah. and list every tool out there but one of the things is it's honestly personal development and the more I study myself and the more I learned and took the time to actually discover who am I then is when I discovered that I'm not like a set thing that I'm not in a box I'm not just this set amount of letters or ideas or personality traits I'm a journey it's Mm -hmm. something I change I grow because if I'll be fixated, then I would be that five-year-old girl, like getting stuck is a problem. It's alignment, right? So I have felt that when you're not aligned and you don't learn who you are, and then when you learn who you are and then you decide to get fixated in something, then disorder happens, 
-hmm. Disorder happens when you are not aligned to your belief, to mm -hmm. your mindset and your core belief and your actions. When they're not aligned and you don't understand the disconnect, then disorders happened. And, mm -hmm. and I honestly believe that that's where it comes from. So for me, I will say that I have not learned everything. But because, again, I don't focus on the outcome, right? So it's a journey. So because the journey is ongoing. So I'm constantly learning more about me and asking myself, like, whoa, that didn't sit well with me. So it's not a A plus B equals C. Mm -hmm. it, it really depends on the moment where mm -hmm. you're at, you know, mm -hmm. your face of life. You know, like me as a mother, think very differently than me as a newlywed. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure that me as a grandmother would think very different as me yeah. as a mother right now, <laughs> you know, because wisdom, right? I will have so much more knowledge <laughs> by then. <laughs> so that's really the secret to it. It's understanding that it's fear and that it's okay. I'm going to have it. And believing that there's no really cure, like there's no magic pill mm -hmm. that's going to make it poof away and acknowledging that's like, oh, this is a process that I need to go through in order to see what's on the other side yeah. and to add remembering what happened when I didn't do that when I allowed fear to take it mm. and remembering what was the outcome and what facts do I have of okay well if I do operate the other way and I stay here then what happens I'm pretty sure we all have those moments and we have facts that can say oh this is what's going to happen because you have experience in that happening so yes. I, I go back to the past only to learn what I have done differently. Mm, I like that. You said something about control is an illusion that really stuck out as well as disorders happen when we're out of alignment. I feel like we have a natural tendency to want to be in control or feel in control, but when we can recognize that control is an illusion and control mm -hmm. or that pursuit of control can <laughs> yeah. end up us in disordered thinking mm -hmm. or behaviors. And so I would love to pick on that a little bit. When we feel ourselves grasping for control, what are some really just practical, tangible things we can do to remind ourselves control is an illusion? There's no such thing without it feeling like then we're just a ship in the ocean floundering. So I think that the main issue is what people and society is, how they're defining control, right? So when you say control is an illusion, right? So I'm going to give you, like, I'm driving a car. So I have full control of the car, right? And mm -hmm. I know what, how I can react and what I can do with the car. Nobody else is behind the wheel of the car, but I do not have control of anything outside of that car. As a matter of fact, I don't even have control on whether or not the engine stops, right? So I think that the main issue is how people are choosing to define what control is. And when I say it's an illusion, what I mean by that is that believing that the outcome of something is directly involved, you know, like you have a hundred percent of control of an outcome that nothing else helped that outcome, but what you did, mm. it did, you know, nothing else is outside of you. That is the part that is an illusion. 
So you can have control, but the definition of control is to me, it's like a decision, right? Now, obviously I'm a licensed mental health counselor and I see many clients and I don't sit here and tell my clients who are struggling with depression. Hey, you know, you have control over this. You know what I mean? You can stop when you want to. Obviously there's a lot of situations that you feel that you are out of control. But when you come to a therapist is because you want to take back the reign and have some sort of a control. So when I say control is an illusion, it's complete control. And it's when people tend to use that word very loosely. And then it's what allows people to get fixated into an outcome, which is why I think it's all, if you focus on the journey, then you're very full aware of your participation in this control. Mm. And okay. understanding that you, there's decisions that you need to make and there is participation that you have in the realm of control, but you're not the only one that's going to make this go a certain way. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was a great differentiating between control of our own self because <laughs> that's mm-hmm. empowerment of saying, okay, I right. can learn and choose differently. And then control of everything else, external or the outcome. That's beautiful. And that's where the illusion comes up because people do think that when you have an issue with control, that's when you see the problem. And I only know this because I'm a control freak. (laughs) (laughs) So I know, so I keep telling myself like, oh, you're a control freak. You want to control everything. I'm like, "Uh, yes, but I know it's an illusion. So I know I've been delusional, (laughs) but I admit it. (laughs) Yeah. I was gonna I was I love that too. I was gonna ask like part of this podcast is seeing okay where you are right now as a mother and a therapist and an entrepreneur, what brought you to this place? Because literally you could have been anything. You could have chosen to be whoever you want to be and do whatever you want to do and serve who you want to serve. What brought you to this culmination where you are right now you mean to become a licensed mental health counselor or which aspect I think as a therapist that's interesting you are a mother so that plays into Mm -hmm. how you show up and who you are but as a therapist and who you really love to serve and work with like why mental health why therapy Mm -hmm. so I originally, I wanted to be a pediatrician, go figure, but I am really afraid of needles. Okay. <laughs> and that's also funny at this time of my life. Um, so that didn't go very well. So then one of the things I really wanted to do in my early twenties, I just wanted to then deal with children. So then I went into psychology to be a clinical psychologist for children. Um, Mm -hmm. And again, as I studied and as life happened, so simultaneously, my career, this is my second marriage. So I was married previously and my career happened simultaneously during a time of my life to where I really thought that I had it all figured out and I was happily married and I had a beautiful home and had a great life and I was doing what I thought I was checking all the boxes I, I did what a good wife would do I did I, I checked off all the boxes only to end up in a divorce right and my life crumbling 
And for somebody who was very sure that she had full control of everything um, and going through this journey of getting my master's in psychology and, and, and clinical counseling and going through that, I went through a loss. My grandmother died and I lost my husband to divorce because it's very similar. And so I was grieving. I was going through a grieving process. And at that moment in my life, like just everything, just my whole life was upside down. And I didn't know what to do. Have faith. But even my faith at that moment crumbled because nothing made sense to me. Mm-hmm. And that is what allowed me to basically grow from it. And it wasn't overnight. It, it was years of work. It was just moving forward. And I feel that it started there. Now, that was in my late 20s, right? And from there it was a lesson learned. So I feel like a part of me, the clinician part of me was born, me wanting to be there for others and embrace the journey and hold people's hand through the most painful moments of their life was when it came from. And as different phases of my life unfolded, then different things in my career changed. When I became a mother, that was another life-changing event, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) as anybody can say, you know, but even with that, parenting and motherhood, it's just not what they say. (laughs) It is definitely (laughs) not what they say. They only tell you the good parts. I want to blame amnesia. (laughs) Did you have two? (laughs) um, I do. I have two. My daughter is 10 and my son is seven. And I remembered having my daughter... And being super excited. First of all, I didn't even know I could have a child because with my first oh. husband, we couldn't conceive. And during the process of infertility, it's when he decided to go outside of our marriage and oh. I never got answers, right? So oh. when I met my second husband, well, reunited, to be quite honest, because I met my husband when we were 14. My current husband, we, oh my he was goodness. my first boyfriend. Yeah, he was my first boyfriend and my last but I like to say there's a lot of history in between. (laughs) (laughs) Some detours. You're back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We we like to say me and him joke around. We like to say that our love story is very similar to the notebook. Um, So yeah. But when I reunited with him and we started dating, I remember telling him, I was like, I don't know if I can have children. And then I told him my stories. Like I went through, fertility issues and I never got an answer so I don't know if it was me or him I don't know if I could have children lo and behold it was not me yeah no (laughs) surprise yes so when I was pregnant with my first pregnancy I was in shock I was like oh this could happen okay so motherhood is challenging but yet rewarding at the same time I like to say that in my website you know it's one of the things that I would say that it's very it's the most rewarding challenge that you can ever go through and it's never ending ever ending as my mom when does it end she said never (laughs) and talk about not having control i mean raising tiny humans nah (laughs) yes yes then you learn that when they're even inside you and and you can't tell them what to do (laughs) oh my goodness what a fun journey it's different (laughs) It's different. It's very different. Yes. (laughs) Well, I love that you really navigated and all of us can right? navigating and honoring the different seasons of life we're in 
and being able mm-hmm. to stop and say, okay, what did I learn? Who do I want to become moving forward? How can I really re-embrace this journey? Because the destination I thought checked all the boxes I'd gotten there, mm-hmm. those boxes have been erased and I'm either creating new boxes or just saying, let's just go in this next phase of the journey and embrace it and how beautiful that your work allows you to help other people embrace their journey wherever they are Mm -hmm. yeah I feel like life did a really good job at showing me that no matter how much and that me and and life have a fight about this all the time we have control battles (laughs) to where I forget my own little mantra and I'm like hmm okay well Life has a funny way of showing me that, no, no, just kidding. We do this together. You're not taking control, 100% of the control. We're doing this together. And so you're forced to navigate it and you're forced to just embrace for the journey and hop on and enjoy the ride because whether you like it or not, you're still on the ride. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The ride never ends. (laughs) It never ends. So you either... Um pay attention to it or decide how you want to just think of it as a roller coaster mm, <laughs> imagine yeah. if you don't you go on a roller coaster and you don't worry about the safety of the roller coaster you meaning like putting the seatbelt on and putting the harness and then you just ride the ride unprepared you're gonna you're gonna fall off fly yeah. out of it yeah it may not be that great for you of an outcome but if you go in there, it's like, well, you know, I'm going to enjoy this roller coaster. You're still nervous. You're still anticipating that anticipation, like does things to your body. You know what I mean? Yeah. Your stomach may hurt. You may be shaking, but you do not allow those feelings to stop you from putting your harness on, make sure you're safe and make sure that, that you come off the right, healthy, alive and mm-hmm. safe. Yeah. You don't and allow sometimes even more invigorated. I mean, I get off the ride, like the adrenaline rush. I'm like... Let's do it again. Even if I was super nervous about getting on. <laughs> yes. Go again. And if you really think about life that way as a big never ending roller coaster, if you allow those feelings and then you're going to get sick to your stomach, you're going to have physical symptoms. So you're going to be bouncing up and down and may throw you off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you do the best you can. And like you said, when you're done with a little loop, you're like, oh, huh, okay. Well, I thought that was, I thought I was going to die. But I didn't. Yes. <laughs> Let's do it one again. That, one of the things that I like, I have a very person-centered approach with my clients to where I build the relationship with my client to be able to sit there with them and we could have that bond to where I could challenge them. And when they are describing a ride of their life, mm-hmm. I always ask them, but did you die? <laughs> Mm. <laughs> and they always look at me I mean I might as well have I was like yeah. okay I understand that but unless I can speak to dead people I think you're alive <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and I just don't let them go get off like they try to tell me in so many different ways okay mate, I get it yes I'm alive but barely like I was like but you are alive mm-hmm. so just helping them come back to the sense that you survived this and there's something beautiful about the fact that you survived this. Can yes. we focus two seconds of this moment to recognize that you survived it? Yes. I find that, or I've learned and I found 
one of the things that we get so caught up in trying to avoid is literally just emotions. We have labeled all these bad emotions that we'll do anything to avoid and that can cause more harm. Or if we, we then encounter a terrible emotion, like it could be a devastating emotion, grief, um, Mm -hmm. sadness, betrayal. And yet they are emotions that we can, Oh, Mm -hmm. did you die? Like we can Mm -hmm. go through them. Even last night, my daughter was very sad and she couldn't put her finger on why. I honestly think mm-hmm. she was just overtired. She was so sad and she was crying. And I just, I crawled in bed with her and I said, it is okay to be sad. Just like it is perfectly okay to be happy. We just need to feel them right now. Get some good sleep, wake up fresh tomorrow. And mm-hmm. I think that it was a lesson I learned way later than she's 10. Like, I really want her to learn it right now. Like there is no bad emotion that you have to try to run from, but that we can just Mm -hmm. embrace it and say, and I live to see another day and another emotion and another journey, adventure, roller coaster loop to just Mm -hmm. not try to so hard control and run away from emotions. Yeah. I make my children watch inside out for that reason yes. yes I sometimes have to watch inside out to get reminded of like <laughs> listen to the dashboard who got this so clearly one of those emotions is on the dashboard do we need to do we need to kind of like do a brief meeting and decide who else should be in the dashboard right now <laughs> yes give them a break make them go take a nap and let's have something different like just switch it up yeah it was like there, nobody at the end of the day what my takeaway from that movie was like oh my gosh Nobody should be fully in charge of the dashboard. We should all collectively be there. So all of our emotions need to be working together. Um, And when we just let one emotion take over and we just act based on that emotion, then it turns into what I believe is a disorder, right? So if we let sadness take over forever and just not let anybody to partake and she's just alone and she takes control, then we have depression, because we didn't allow anything else to come in Mm. so beautiful mailing this is such a i like to say juicy conversation like it just (laughs) as you said it could go on a lot i think it's the value of also having a therapist is Mm -hmm. being able to really process the journey and the emotions and the things that we feel so out of control with or grasping for control. So thank you so much for your service, for what you do as a therapist and as a mother raising the next generation. It's so beautiful. Thank you. So I like to end all of our conversations with two questions. So the first question is, what has been an impactful book that's helped you in your journey to where you are today? The Untethered Soul. I cannot recall the name of the author because I'm horrible with name because I'm a therapist. So for confidentiality <laughs> reasons, I tend to seek, you know, names as initials. <laughs> so, Perfect. I will link the horrible. book. No problem. <laughs> yes, please. You know, I have a podcast and I talked about it, but it it, it just blew me away. That book blew me away. 
I will link it for sure. And what's your podcast? I will link that as well. Oh, it's Coffee and Reflection with May. Perfect. Beautiful. Y'all have to go. It's brand new. It's only like seven episodes in. Yeah. But it's just a little piece of me. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Okay. I will link that as well. The second question is what confident action step would you like to leave with the list? If If you could give them one step that they can take today to fall in love with their journey, be a little bit more self-aware, release some control, what have you? All of the above, but the foremost and most important one that I would say is practice self-compassion. Mm-hmm. And and treat yourself like you would treat a good friend of yours. Um, when a friend of ours come in and it's distraught and it doesn't know what to do and it's just confused or not making the best decisions we don't sit there and berate them we don't sit there and kick them while they're down we lift them up we're compassionate we say kind words even if we don't agree with the actions that they're taking or the thought or the way that they're coping or what they're doing we still find compassion to be there for that friend and have those kind words to say to them So then why don't we treat ourselves with the same level of compassion? Mm, So potent and powerful. I love this because it's tangible. We can start right now. Yes. Yes. There's even workbooks about it. You can find a workbook that can help you develop self-compassion if you need to. Yes. Yes. But just framing it in, like, would I say this to a friend? You know, just that simple question can reframe how we talk to ourselves. Beautiful. Absolutely. Well, where can the people connect with you, Maylene? They can connect with me at my website, which is angel, And they can also find me on Instagram at mayangelcounseling and also on Facebook. Yeah, I'm so old school. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> All the places. I love it. Yeah. Okay, I'll link everything in the show notes as well so they can click on it and find you. Thank you so much, Mailing, for sharing your story and this beautiful conversation. So needed as we look at viewing our lives as a journey that we get to fall in love with and embrace. Mm-hmm. And I just appreciate you so much. And thank thank you. you. And thank you to everyone who's listening and tuning into What's Her Story. Until next time, be a compassionate friend to yourself and fall even more in love with your journey. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to What's Her Story. I love spending time with you. Thanks now, for listening I love to for What's Her Story. I love you to review with you. I love hearing now. I love for you to And if you found value in this episode, share with a friend. I love hanging out with me on Instagram. And if you found value in this episode, share with a friend. And then be sure to check out the show notes. I've included all important Erica and links. And be sure to check out the show notes. Every download all important exactly how to link your story, including how you create the latest free download that is exactly I'll be back here next week and your story too. To See you there, friend. Change. I'll be back here next week and hope you will be too. See you there, friend. <laughs>